Well, Mary, I am excited to have this conversation with you today. Um, We have been, yeah, I've really been enjoying our conversations about your self-mastery tools. Um, We've been exploring boundaries. We've been exploring different ways of, you know, being the master of your life and um, in the classroom of your life, instead of just in the, being a victim of your life. (laughs) (laughs) The things that will help us, the, the attitudes and actions and tools that will help us to uh, create the most beautiful life. Yeah, we well put. Yeah, and you've been doing this for a long time. I just want to, I want to say, I asked you if you would um, meet, meet on the recording here and talk with me about a, a new documentary film that came out called 15 Minutes of Shame, which is really um, a great documentary that we're recommending to people to watch to see about um, you know, what's going on culturally with social media and public shaming and the repercussions of all that. Powerful. And yeah. And one of the reasons why I wanted to, to talk about this with you is, I mean, we love watching a film and, and, and dissecting it and talking about it, but also, you know, you're sort of uniquely positioned, I think, to address some of the major issues brought up in this film with, you know, your background in healing and, you know, not to mention people. my background in being a, a morosely shame-filled person has <laughs> <laughs> recovered from shame. <laughs> yeah, so just a little thumbnail. If you can kind of give a thumbnail before we, we dive into the film and talk about the film, well, how do you relate to the subject matter given your experiences? Well, I've I've done a lot of thinking about shame. As I said, personally, personally, I have recovered from a deeply painful, uh, layered cluster of shame from um, a number of experiences, including my family conditioning. Uh, And it was extremely painful and uh, uh, a battle, a real personal battle. And so as I discovered my way out of it, a lot of it having to do with uh, employing the forgiveness work that I was trained in 30 years, something years ago, um, it, it let the light in, it let the light in on my life. And I meet many people in my counseling practice and in my workshops who I look at them and I can see shame just painted all over them. I can see them sitting there in this dark, lonely, isolated, sad, place sad about who they think they are and I'm looking at them from the outside and I am seeing a lovely human being mm-hmm. who is suffering terribly from what I call a sense of false identity mm-hmm. that a person and people that are caught in shame and people who are in the business of flinging shame at each other are are somehow um addicted to the idea that we are our worst characteristics. We are our worst mistake. In fact, we are a beautiful, flawed human uh, that is in lesser or greater um, contact with our soul, our higher self. And the more we get onto our spiritual path and start identifying with our true identity, our soul, our soulful identity, then that that shame starts uh, lifting out, melting away, being dispelled. So I think it's just 
amazingly important. I think it's a it's a real stealth issue in our mm -hmm. culture in that our our jails are full because of shame. And um, people are are hurting each other because of shame, because they don't know who they are as a decent person. They are believing the lies of shame. So that's one of the things I like to say is that shame is a liar and we need to stand up to it, whether it's about ourselves or another person. And also that shame is a game of hot potato and the one where you you're throwing a potato around really quickly so as not to be the one that ends up holding it. I, mm. I, I see that because people struggle with shame, we uh, we deal with it by projecting it outward and finding other figures. And that's why the internet shaming thing uh, and all of the examples they gave throughout history of how people were, were stuck in the pillory and thrown tomatoes at them. Um, it, it's, a, it's a strategy that humans have had when we um, are full of fear and doubt and shame about ourselves. We project it outward on someone else and say, you, you're the bad one. I am not the bad one. You're the bad one. And we try to punish that false image on another person. And that's what uh, the documentary spoke of quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. So the name of the documentary is 15 Minutes of Shame. And it is, um, let's see, it's a, Monica Lewinsky is the executive producer. And it's directed by Max Joseph, who is a well-known uh, filmmaker who has some really cool films that he's done in the past. Um, so they teamed up and they both are telling stories of people who have been kind of in the eye of the storm of online shame, shaming culture. That's and right. yeah, public shaming. And so it, I mean, it's 90 minutes and there's so much there. Um, and, and what's they, really compelling about it is that these people are not bad people. I mean, you can clearly say, oh, hmm, she made a little error in judgment one morning. Oh, yeah, he made, he made an error in error in judgment. He didn't realize, you know, what what the pandemic was going to be and where it was going and what that would mean, you know, his actions around selling hand sanitizer and uh, the the man who accidentally was photographed. Uh, giving a so-called white supremacy hand sign uh, towards a Black Lives Matter um, protester. And he wasn't, he was stretching out his hands after work because he used his hands on tools all day. And he just this little hand exercise and the camera caught him blink right when his fingers were doing something that looked like a very hostile, toxic thing. And it went nuts on the internet and he lost his job. And yeah, uh, yeah. And, Wow. So you can look at these <laughs> yeah. people and think, whoa, they were in the wrong second of their life at that time. And wow, their whole life turned a corner. And and you can see these you know decent people, just ordinary people getting their lives ruined. And yeah, really hit by a tsunami of of online um hate and grievance and 
and cancel and yeah. And, you know, something that, that wasn't maybe, I mean, it, it wasn't possible in human history before we didn't have the internet, we didn't have social media. So the, what I really appreciate about this documentary, and I've already watched it twice and I'll probably watch it again, Mary, because it's packed with so much, but it goes, it goes back in time to look at, you know, how shaming has been part. It's, it's been part of our human social fabric for a long time it you know it's sort of like at its best I would say shaming is a way that has helped groups kind of uh enforce the rules of of social behavior right Mm -hmm. right and we've we've been talking about how you know we're in a time now with where a lot of the 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 expectations or the rules about what you do and what you don't do like it's kind of all falling apart Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are okay. The wild west. It's, it's the wild west in terms yeah. of social civility and exactly decency and kindness and truth telling. Yeah, and so you can go online and you can essentially use a, a megaphone that that can reach the world with your. You can, you can say horrible, terrible things to a person you don't know across the mm-hmm. country, like you piece of mm, you yeah. should you should eat mm, and die, and they were like showing some of these tweets. Yeah. that some of these people received from people they didn't know that was full of obscenities and aggression. And if they were women, it was full of sexual aggression. It was really awful that some of the, the uh, posts that they were sharing that these, that these people received. And I'm wow. <laughs> wow. It, I, I'm, I was pretty stunned. Yeah, it's horrifying to see. I mean, it is like watching a kind of car crash mm-hmm. um, unfold before your eyes. And and I, I mean, I, 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 you just, it's hard to even believe that somebody's life can be ruined within moments, within a day, within you know, and what psychologically that does to them, you know, in terms of just their own well-being and their own feeling like they they have a. Um, uh, that, that they have things to offer that they're they're they might, you know, they might've made a mistake or they might not have made a mistake, but that they are a person here in our culture that, that, um, has value and deserves to be treated with more respect than, than what they've been treated with. And how, how interesting that Monica Lewinsky was the opener and closer voice of this documentary, because, oh my gosh, I mean, you only have to say, say her name. And immediately in my mind comes up the word bimbo and, you know, and icky images of, you know, sex in the Oval Office that I have no business thinking about, you know, all this stuff comes up with it because it just got plastered around the culture. And to imagine the depth of uh, loss of your own um, place in the world, you know, that, that she went through. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's uh it's pretty inspiring that she's uh standing up and naming herself as patient one in mm-hmm. the uh, cancel culture um you know uh, yeah i have i mean i'm following her whole trajectory i i remember back in the late 90s when it happened and and really feeling a lot of discomfort around how she was she she and other women in that whole um, impeachment related scandal with Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton, um, happened and just feeling like I had, I just had this, this feeling of like, this isn't right, but I don't, you know, I can't put words to it. 
And the fact that she's kind of stayed with her story and worked on it and worked on healing and worked on understanding and talked to people and educated herself and done a lot more therapy and healing. Um, she's in a really interesting place to lead this discussion and, and kind of lead a path uh, through and, and hopefully out of this, Fascinating. this thing we're in. And in a yeah. way, in a way uh, it's, it's going to return into her, of strength mm -hmm. because she's already been through the worst thing yeah hopefully this doesn't get any worse than it was it's, yeah she's already been through the worst thing and now she can stand there and kind of let people think what they think uh about her but meanwhile she's standing there telling her truth and having compassion for herself for her youth for her uh uh confusion in the face of power for all of the different parts and pieces of that it's in, in a way she's uh she's made herself uh what's the word <laughs> shame proof into the future mm. yeah i was listening to well i was listening to monica lewinsky on another interview she was being on a podcast with david axelrod and she i didn't catch who she was quoting but she said this quote uh about someone she went to hell but did not return empty-handed Mm. Have you ever heard that, Mary? I have not. And I, I feel I like, like it because it shows that there's life after hell. There's life after hell. Well, and see, so this is so that the, the film, the film is great and looks at, at, at it explores all these different facets of this cultural phenomenon that we're living through right now and raises a lot of questions about, you know, how this can come into being and and then kind of poses questions that maybe don't have easy answers about what can be done about it. But I wanted to talk to you about it because you deal with individuals in your work as a forgiveness coach at leading forgiveness workshops. You deal with individuals who are sort of in the aftermath of going through something and maybe they made an error. Maybe they didn't make an error. You know, it, life is complicated and we're complicated beings. But uh, when I think about when you're meeting with people and talking to them about why they might want to use forgiveness as a, a tool and technique to heal, it is a way to get yourself uh, to a place where you redeem a story. And you, mm. you maybe have been in hell, but you can get some wisdom out of it. Something, you know, you don't, you come back, you're not empty handed and you have something to share with others from your experience. So right. I was curious what you thought about that. Yes. I like to say that we turn our wound into wisdom and the way the forgiveness work that I teach plays with this, uh, this journey out of shame is that people that are caught in shame, just feeling bad about themselves all the time and turning towards addictions and turning towards bad relationships and um just a lower uh level of happiness um something happened to them it's it's something happened to them along the way it's not what's wrong with you it's what happened to you um as the book says so so these people that come to me because they are tired of feeling bad about themselves and they want to have a life they want to have a life that they love and they want to move beyond their sorry history of all the bad choices and bad relationships and things that happened because they were a shame-filled person. 
uh, we can get to the bottom of it by seeing what happened to you. What happened to you growing up or along the way that you need to forgive other people for installing shame in you, for throwing something on you that stuck because you were young and vulnerable and defenseless, for people that, that uh, physically or sexually abused you and installed a piece of shame in the core of who you think you are. And by forgiving those people and casting out those old feelings and those old projections of them, uh, we start making room for our best self and start remembering who we really are, who we really are at core. So it's forgiving others and it's forgiving yourself for mainly for like just not knowing for so long that you are a good and decent person, not getting it for so long. So the, the forgiving others and the self-forgiveness piece are a really important um, combo. And it, it gets you out of the dungeon of shame and it dispels that dark energy of shame. So whether it was something that happened, you know, some you know private, awful, terrible incident with a sibling when you were young or with a teacher in first grade or with one of your uh, first boyfriends or something that happened in a group um, in which you became the target of gossip, it's, uh, it gets installed and it can get uninstalled. And uh, I know that uh, in my own journey, I, I had a particular walk with that, with society, because I was an unwed mother in the days when that was really shameful. That changed about two years after I gave birth to my baby and placed her for adoption. It was like, okay, it all started lightening up. But when <laughs> I, I went through that during what I call the last 10 minutes of the Victorian era, where oh god it was a secret it was my life was ruined i was going to be i was sent away for five months uh people talked about me and i felt like uh i felt like hiding all the time and when i came back to my neighborhood i didn't know who knew who knows who thinks this who thinks that it was a very uh shame-filled walk that has since healed because you know what there's nothing wrong with having a baby anytime <laughs> babies are good <laughs> you are good i was good uh over time i forgave all the the people and situations that cast me out uh at that time and made me feel different and flawed and like a bad woman i forgave them i forgave myself for mm -hmm. not knowing the difference yeah thanks for talking about that mary i that's a powerful story in your life and um, I, I know the story and I know the completion of that story too, where, you know, after many years of, of healing and letting go, you actually were able to reconnect with your daughter and have a beautiful relationship at this point now. It's a very happy ending. Uh, it was a redeemed shame story. Mm -hmm. And I can look at her and see a lovely, lovely person who is strong and good and who, uh, who graces this world by being here and she and I together have redeemed my story, my sad story, the sad parts of my story. She has walked with me in the places I used to uh, live when I was sent away from home. She has stood there with me on the shores of Lake Michigan where I used to pray and pray and pray because I was so desperate uh, waiting for this baby to be born. And 
looked right in my eyes and said, thank you. Thank mm. you for my life. And it couldn't, it couldn't have been better. It couldn't have been uh, more of a happy ending. And I wish that for everyone who has spent some time in their life feeling cast out, feeling cast aside, feeling worse than other people and like uniquely, uniquely bad. It's a very, very uh, painful experience. And I wish we'd get over it. And it's just interesting how this documentary is showing um, with brain science. It's just showing what a tendency it is, what a human tendency it is to demonize people and to uh, set them aside and throw throw mud at them uh, for some for some function in our social groups, but also because uh, the brain likes it. Our brain likes it when uh, somebody is a villain and then they get punished. It's uh, it's really interesting. <laughs> it is. So. I feel like we're just at the beginning of of truly understanding that and um, truly understanding what the heck we do with that as as people one of my favorite people that was featured in the documentary from more of an expert side um along along with all these people that that went through their cancer their terrible shame canceling um is a woman named uh professor loretta j ross and she teaches at smith college and she's written a bunch of books and she teaches workshops and she says the antidote to the outrage cycle is calling in, not calling out. Mm-hmm. And I had read, uh, I'd read about her a couple of years ago. I think she was in the New York Times featured and I sent the article around to people I knew. Um, but she says it's a call out done with love. And that may mean simply sending someone a private message or even ringing them on the telephone to discuss the matter and simply taking a breath before commenting or screenshotting and demanding that a person do better. And so calling in instead of calling out, I I just thought that was, that's like that. Yeah. Can we do that? Can we do that? Like a hundred thousand times over. That's right. It was so simple and beautiful. And imagine if the internet blew up with people doing that. Imagine the kind of of weaving and healing and uh, collaborating and building bridge building that would happen if we had that that value instead. And it uh, calls to mind a, a tiny poem that I uh, I have had in my mind for years. It's by uh, Edwin Markham. It's just a tiny little poem about that. And it says, he drew a circle that shut me out, heretic, rebel, a thing to flout, but love and I, had wit to win, we drew a circle that brought him in. Mm, wow, that's that's great, Mary. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Well, so that's I, like inclusivity in a way. Inclusivity yeah. is the medicine for cancel. Inclusivity is is saying we are all us. We are all people. And no one is outside of the human situation. And no one is outside of the need and the deservingness of some goodwill and unconditional love, even if we don't agree with some actions of theirs, or even if we would prefer that they had uh, acted differently, that we can talk about that. That is the, that is the end game of, of forgiveness work is that we can be with people that we very much disagree with in a spirit of goodwill. 
and we can really lobby for what we think is right and good from a stance of preference, a strong preference, not a judgment, not a you are bad and shut up and don't ever say that again. It's like, you know, when you say that, I, I uh, am really worried about this and I would really prefer that you said it this way or you looked at it this way or that, you know, et cetera. There's openness towards dialogue. That's great. Yeah. And I just want to, I just want to remind anybody who might be listening that, you know, Mary, you teach your um, eight steps to freedom, your, your methodology for forgiveness, how, how to forgive. And I've gone to a bunch of your workshops and I've gone to a bunch of your classes on it. And I've seen people over and over and over again, heal something that they've been carrying around for a long, long time. And yeah, it's a miracle, isn't it? It is a miracle and it, it works. And your message. Let me is, just, yeah, yeah, let me ahead. just put it out there now that if uh, people want to know more about my method, um, there's a book about it. There's a whole chapter on shame in my book, Unconditional Forgiveness a simple and proven method to forgive everyone and everything. You can get on to my website, forgivenesstraining.com and see loads of material um, around this uh, forgiveness work. And you can study up and uh, you can listen to uh, some of our past podcasts in right. which we talk about forgiveness and the different steps of forgiveness. There's a lot of access to my work. I'm, I mean for it to be very accessible. You yeah. can come uh, to Minneapolis and have a little re forgiveness retreat with yourself about getting over a story, or we can get on Zoom together and um, do a couple of sessions and get you out of there. So it's it's just a, a very important life tool, life skill, and very relevant uh, these days when we're dealing with uh, big amounts of disappointment in mm -hmm. self and life and society and others. There's a lot of disappointment sloshing around in our culture as we all <laughs> grip and grope with the pandemic and other things. Uh, it's, a, it's a time to really make unconditional love and forgiveness something front and center. Yeah, and so yeah, if you go into our podcast, uh, we've gone through all the steps you know, in great detail and you just are offering this up to the world. This is your life's work. Um, yes. Spirit has asked you to share this method with, with everyone. My life mission <laughs> is pretty simple. I will teach as many people as I can how to forgive. There you go. There you I love it. There you go. I love it. Well, okay. So the, the name of the film that we've been talking about once again is 15 Minutes of Shame and executive producer Monica Lewinsky um, and director. Where can people see that? Well, director Max Joseph, it's showing on HBO right now, HBO Max right now. Um, that's how we saw it. I um, heard about it and I, I, I saw it the day it came out and then I've seen it again and it's streaming. And so, you know, just figure, figure out what you need to do. I think, oh, I can put a, a link to HBO Max in the, in the show notes here. But um, anyway, I, I am excited about it and I'm excited that we got a chance to uh, meet and talk about it, Mary. So thank you. Yes. It was really rewarding for me too. So thank you. And uh, anyone who's listening in, I hope that this has been of service to you and uh, we look forward to hanging out with you again. See you next Great. time. Great. Thanks, Mary. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye.